Welcome back to the Good Times Podcast. This is, I believe, our fifth episode, May 21st, 2015. This is Jeff. Say hi, Crawley. Hey, Jeff. What's up? Well, I'm exploring the cosmos with my mind and experiencing things through a five-sensory biosuit. <laughs> In tonight's episode, I believe we're actually going to talk a little bit about my vision of the good times, and hopefully it sounds fun and engaging. Because if it doesn't, we're going to come and kill your entire family. Or we'll have to come up with a whole new vision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of visions, did you watch Age of Ultron? No, I have not. No. Oh, it was excellent getting to see Vision on the big screen. He's been a Marvel superhero favorite of mine since childhood. Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I never get out to see movies anymore, man. Family life. Yep. Got to live well, with it. Hopefully your kids grow up to be nerds, and then you'll have geeky kids to take to movies. Yeah, they will. They will grow up to be nerds. I can guarantee it. <laughs> All right, so I guess um, in opening, I would have to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a quote from Margaret Mead, which I think is kind of the center of my, I don't know, approach all this bullshit. Hold on, and, hold on. Who is Margaret Mead? I don't know. Oh, Margaret Mead was probably the most famous anthropologist, and my undergrad is in anthropology. Oh, okay. So. Coming of Age in Samoa was her major text. Anyways. Interesting. Be really interesting to people who also studied that and really not that interesting to everybody else. I'm just going to play my Game Boy while you go on about this. (laughs) No, so anyway, so she has a quote where she says, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And so I guess for me, that gives me a, a bit of like a sense of responsibility, like um, like me and a group of people could actually do something important or like make some kind of impact on the future or some bullshit. And I just, uh, I guess I kind of take that to heart. It's a silly little bit of optimism, maybe. Well, it's very nice of you to, to believe in the group of people that hang out in that IRC channel. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I really do. I mean, yeah, I've just good. I've seen some amazing things come out of that IRC channel, and it's not only that, but it's it's been a rock in my life for in twenty years. Right. And it, it has this just this sense of belonging and acceptance, and you can go in there on your bad day or your good day and get you know a pat on the back or lifted up or some creative energy. It's an easy spot to spawn a new project, and some of them turn out to be really cool. So I guess like from that, I guess I get into this concept of the myth of the self-made man, mm-hmm. which I, I mean, I can't remember exactly where I first came across that, but it was in like one of my anthropology courses, I think. And it was, it was reading about this famous artist who I, I can't remember who it was, but he was going on about how his paintings would never be produced if it wasn't for the guy who made his coffee in the morning. Right. And so he expanded from this to have this whole kind of art theory, which basically addresses the fact that, even an artist who we think of as like the most individualized creative force in our society doesn't just create art in isolation. They require 
um, interaction with other artists. They require people and places for their inspiration. They require a loving social support network that allows them to have the time and the space to work. They need certain critics and certain feedback and, you know, so and it could come from anywhere, but it, it's made of a whole life. And the people who really succeed in you know, creating things or building themselves up in this society do so because they have these strong networks around them that let them do that. But our society has this myth where that's not what it wants us to believe. It wants us to believe that there are these super special individuals and the, the, those special individuals are the only ones who succeed. So we should all be trying to compete to prove that we're the specialist. Right. Or the most special, you know? I'm surprised this guy is not special enough to make his own coffee, though. <laughs> well, maybe it's just the way the coffee's made or the conversation that came with the coffee. Like, who knows, right? You know, to be honest, when I was growing up, I thought everybody was going to be wearing gray jumpsuits, eating gruel by now. I'm not far off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. But so, I don't know. And there's like, so from there, you get this bit of like, um, like existentialism, not to get too theory heavy, but it's the, we'll just take from that the idea that like life or the world or the universe is not innately meaningful. Things don't just have, they don't come with meaning. Like we create meaning together. And because we agree that certain things mean certain things, we imbue that into the world, you know? So, you know, if you have a, a artifact in your house that means a lot to you and then you, you, know, you disappear, you die or you leave it behind and I find it. I don't know what that meant to you unless you shared that with me. Yeah. Individual perception. Yeah. And, and like and group, too, because you share that meaning. Right. Like it's individual. But that individual, uh, it comes from interaction with other people. Yeah, of course. So like, I get from that, like I take this like this sense of responsibility that I have uh, a part to play in creating the meaning in my life. And if I want my life to feel like it has a sense of purpose, you know, or a sense of belonging or acceptance, then at least it's it's at least partially on me to find and create that. Yeah. It's not on the world doesn't owe that to me. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Just going to tear it out of the world. <laughs> Listen here, you fuckers. I'm taking this. So like, at the last little piece of theory, and after I'll stop talking about this, that the theoretical stuff after this, but it just, it's, it's just a little tiny bit of cognitive psychology, which is just this idea that you can fake it till you make it, you know, and which I think is really a huge part of good times. So if we want to be podcasters, we don't need to know anything about podcasting. We just need to take it upon ourselves to do it anyways, pretend we know what we're doing and well, get better at it. Did. That's exactly what we did. <laughs> and... The four people that listen to us are super happy about it. Yeah, I mean, at least three of them are fans. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. 75%. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> but fake it till you make it, man. I've been doing that my entire career. I was never sure of myself, never understood where I wanted to be. I just took every day as just that, a day, <clears throat> day by day. And I, you know, Learn from old dudes and and got through the whole course and the trade and the certification, you know, without ever actually knowing what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean that comes after, right? It's it's yeah. a weird thing. Whereas if you're in a bad mood and you smile, you'll make yourself happy. And if you can fake being happy, not only do you become happy, but you make other people happier. Yeah, you know, it's it's that's on you. I mean, life, yeah. will, life will throw you all kinds of fucked up wrenches and crush you and you'll have really shitty days. And, you know, it's not 
you're not totally free. I mean, there's obviously all kinds of pressure and structure and bullshit, but there's, there's, what am I trying to say is there's no point in getting upset about the things that you can't change, but there's lots of shit that you can. So change as much as you can and take ownership for as much as you, as you can. Like fake it till you make it, create your own meaning, like, and trust in other people to help lift you up if you help lift them up. And then through that, maybe you can actually change the world. I don't know. Like in, Maybe it's only a little small way that you change it. But, isn't um, isn't this Jesus's idea? Did you steal? Did you read the Bible? I think that a lot of great thinkers probably had this idea. I don't think it's original. Yeah, I'm I'm just joking, man. I'm a pretty big fan of Jesus. I think he's a cool guy. Like, <laughs> I think that his his fan club are lunatics. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, the guy himself was mostly just like you know being a hippie. Like he's just like hanging out on a hill, like making magic bread and high fiving people and like. Spreading some peace and love. Yeah, I know. I, I don't want to touch on the religious thing too much because um, it's a hot stone. I don't. You can't hold on to that very long if you know what I'm ta- saying. We can. We can be really good and controversial. Yeah. Controversial. Yeah, you just want to. You want to talk about all the controversial shit that's going to get everybody stirred up because that's how you get famous on the internet. Well, if you want to do that, we'll just keep Slayer on every episode. And <laughs> just like, just let him go. Yeah. He will. He will offend our entire audience. Like the whole, all four people will be upset. For our listeners at home, uh, we had to edit the last episode. It was actually one hour and 20 minutes long. Yeah, and at least half of it was illegal. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I, so I guess, like, I find good times and the, the people in good times are inspiring to me. And the kind of people that are attracted to what we do tend to be weird, interesting, creative, you know, just cool, supportive people. And so because we have this diversity of talents, we have these multifaceted approaches to what we do. You know, there's engineers and artists and musicians and there's coders and there's theorists and there's writers and all these different types of people. And then there's Crawley. And then there's, there's Crawley who just has the sexiest voice in the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen, hello, welcome to David Crawley and Jeff's podcast. Mm. Uh. I, I, I feel a little bit violated. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going for. So. <laughs> Creepy crawl. I, I wanted to give off a rapey vibe a little bit. So I'm looking at this group of people that we've got, and I look at like our previous successes, and I think there's a certain there's a certain um, a series of of steps that need to be taken, like an order of things need to be done in. So it begins with you know like me and Slayer and Soup and you and the kind of people who come up with games and chat and design and daydream. And then from there, you get like, um, like the coders tend to start making things. We have websites and apps and stuff. And then that gets the artists and musicians a platform to spread their stuff out there. And what I would like to see come after that would be actually having the individual projects that pop up. If any of them started generating little bits of money to have like a percentage of that going into a pot, like a collective pot that whoever was in a, like a member of the good times could vote on the spending of that pot. Right. And from there, from there, we could start funding larger projects. Like basically. I mean, we have, we have, it's just a social committee, right? In like in a, in a workplace environment, you have a social committee, and you have one person from every department kind of control what happens to that social fund. So, same concept. I'm totally down for that. That'd be cool. You know, I, I think it's really neat, and I think like not only that, but we can experiment with it. You know what I mean? Like we can because we're we're voting on it and we're interacting with it. Like if there's a dispute, we need to figure out how to settle a dispute. Well, we'll we'll come up with something. Let's have a Mario Kart race or rock paper scissors or whatever. And if it doesn't work, the then we'll try something way. else. The old fashioned way. Yeah, like a fist fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Twelve rounds, bare knuckles. 
like a pie eating contest, except it'll be Slayer eating tinier people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at buddy. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. That is that is the beauty of Slayer. I'm mean, after Fog and Strista update the uh, Fortune Boxatron app, especially since the last episode. Yeah, that needs to happen. That fucking app is so good. So good. I it is it. terrific. I mean, yeah. It was so much fun to make. Which, again, like this is the best of this whole project is when we're working together, making stupid, fun things. And it's not necessarily about their success. It's not like that individual project takes off. And it's just the fun of making the project and what that means to the team and like just building up our relationships and supporting each other. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, I tend to believe that it's inevitable and has happened in the past and will happen in the future that some of these projects will take off, you know, yeah. and, and if something makes a thousand dollars or makes $10,000, I'd like it to at least partially be feeding back to support the rest of the group. Do you remember back in the day on the blog, there was always Photoshop? Uh, cha- challenges. Yes, some of those are fucking hilarious. I know that needs to come back. That really needs to come back. The thing yeah. with the Photoshop challenge is you need to have at least four or five people when it would like almost before it comes out in the channel who are already planning on doing the photoshops yeah. before you throw it out into like the 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 general population. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Like like Photoshop is asking something of your audience. Like the, the last blog had a huge audience, mm-hmm. but it still had. But it's still if you're going to ask participation of that audience you still had to kind of offer them something yeah you know versus like this current project at the moment is not about um it's not about promotion it's not about range yet we're, we're just trying to communicate who we are and what we're doing to our core membership and our immediate supporters to try to you know solidify moving forward and possibly draw some new people in yeah for sure that's something that we can humor, though. I, I want to see that happen again. So, so goddamn good. All right, you've convinced me. Uh, <laughs> just you got to convince Stris, and he'll just do like forty-five of them in a row. That's, yeah. that's pretty much what he's been doing on that uh, old-timey St. John's Twitter oh, feed. Yeah, yeah, right. Speaking of which, I have those uh, <clears throat> pictures. They finally showed up in the mail. I got to hang them up and uh, take some pictures and show you guys. Are they awesome? Yeah, they're pretty awesome. The Godzilla versus Megatron is my favorite thing I've ever seen. Anybody listening, go buy some of Stris's pictures. Yeah, they're great. They're fucking great. And the print quality is awesome. So, And he sends well, them a nice old-fashioned, like, beat-up frames that look like they've been through the ringer. We'll uh, throw the URL up in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess, like, the next thing I would like to talk about with this group is it has this, like, stay-weird element. Like it's like uh, this counterculture pride. And I think when you trace it back to where it came from in the 90s, there was like there was still kind of a resistance culture to a geek pride, being a geek, being a weirdo versus I think it's become like more part of the popular culture at this point. Like, you know, when you when Marvel movies are the number one movies in the theater and Facebook is where everybody is online, it's not the same like esoteric internet use that we had back in the day when being able to find these little spaces online to converse made you unique. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you know, the, 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 the outburst of ICQ in the mid nineties there. And and the I, I, I think that's a huge part of what um, the good times IRC channel, like on EFnet, still offers in a way, because yeah. it's still like, it's, you still kind of got to like, know a little bit of something to get in there 
Yeah, no. For, and when you're and sure. when you're in there, it still has that kind of '90s vibe. Yeah, yeah. You know, it even seems older than that. It almost seems '80s in there, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so crazy. But I remember the IRC blow up and how, or not IRC, uh, ICQ and logging on. I, well, for me, having dial up, just logging on and then just to converse with people. <laughs> like that I think Chris's ICQ number was like six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine was five three one four eight nine seven five. <laughs> I don't think I wasn't a huge ICQ or I think probably was on IRC like I guess from like grade eight or nine and just kind of like lived in the channel yeah yeah no I don't remember you on ICQ I was like I probably had an account but because I, I set up an account for everything that comes out but some of them I take to and some of them I don't yeah. I'm not a huge Twitter user but I, I'm I love Facebook, like unashamedly, despite its unbelievable popularity, like I, I, I like it. I like being able to play in parties, connect with people. I, yeah, yeah. A game yeah. change. I wouldn't know what to do with it, Facebook at this point. Whatever. I, I don't have a, an opinion. I gave up on social networking after MSN Messenger. Back in my day, we had web pages, and we would share our thoughts on them. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> my MySpace was that the one where everyone had their own little. That was after the whole Angel Fire and um, and what was the other famous uh, GeoCities, GeoCities story. So GeoCities. Well, that, and I think Angel that's Fire. one of the things that's missing on Facebook, though. It's like people. It's not individualized enough. You're not expressing yourself really. I know Whereas, it's just like, Windows, drag and drop Windows that you just put crap into, and people get too comfortable. Then you know what I mean. That, and that's the the biggest concern I have with it all. It's just people get too comfortable, and before you know it. You're pissing off half your family, and everyone hates it. You know what I mean? Well, and well, this is what I'm hoping. If we're working, or sorry, we're hoping to get this um, AI basically that makes websites, and like I've signed up for it. It's called the Grid, and once it arrives, we're hoping to be able to use that to create uh, websites more uh, more readily for the Good Times members. So people will have an opportunity to promote and have their own spaces for their music or their art or what have you. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's going to be a huge chunk. If that works, it's going to be a huge chunk of what builds up like the good times back on the web in a much the same way as the uh, the blog had previously. But not, not only that, but if we can offer people promotion in their own web space, then we have more incentive for people who, who might want to pay a percentage of something back into the pot if they profit from the promotion of web space that we offer them for nothing. Right, right. Yeah, I want so to about- be promoted to king of the internet can i have that you can you can be king of the internet i don't okay. mind all right so like the idea is that then all these different like websites people get different social projects and different like you know uh, they're designing they're making things they're making music and then as these things interconnect and we end up with these cooperative projects as some of them profit they pay into a democratic pot there, there's kind of a, like an unwritten or possibly written contract that people are you know offering their participation in this little democracy, like yeah. this funding democracy, as a result of signing up for these websites, and you know, maybe that'll work. So, and then you know the goals of the project are different from anybody's individual goals. You know they they benefit in their individual way by selling their, their own thing or building up their own thing and getting their own connections, but they're also part of this collective thing that they're voting on and interacting on, which might you know, could potentially have a huge social impact. And eventually, we can get uh, the Matrix style of plugs in the back of our heads. Wouldn't that be beautiful? And we could just be in the Good Times channel forever. I can chase Jetix around. <laughs> That's what I would do. 
Jedex is going to make bots of us all. So when we all die, there will still be bots of each of us just rehearsing the kind of shit that we used to say in the channel. Like future digital archaeologists will find the IRC channel and just just I'll, talking to itself forever. It'll just be there, yeah, just chattering away. They will they'll be like, I don't know what to do with this thing. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great idea. It's it's beautiful. It's like a, a little digital afterlife or like more of an after image. Yeah. Yeah. We make social projects and then this democratic pot spending, it gets outside of the box on regular social structures. You know, and we're offering people promotion, which is like, you know, I don't know, this neat. Maybe we can do something really good for people. Yeah, we need a sheriff in our town, internet town. I, I vote Slayer again. He was <laughs> he's he was a bouncer forever and he's terrifying. Well, I'm the king, Jeff. You already told me that, so... Oh, that's true. You can disappoint him, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I'm probably going to make Jedix the sheriff, because that'd be funny. That would be... <laughs> the king oh, chasing can around we, Can we make sheriff. him wear, like, a little badge? <laughs> he'll have a little hat and a badge, and boots and a vest, and he'll just be, like, a little cowboy. Yeah, the badge is going to be, like, a weed leaf from that San Francisco store. Remember that? And maybe everybody gets an opportunity to offer something to the future. You know, we actually get to do something good in the world and at the same time become, you know, more engaged with good times and this sense of acceptance and belonging that it offers. But whatever. Uh, in closing, we'll be playing Ultimate Hunger Games uh, on Saturday. Uh, join the channel for that or just join the channel anyways. Um, make stuff, create stuff, get engaged, do what you can. And, uh, oh, finally, we were going to shout this out to anybody that's making music out there because we know we have at least four or five people that make their own music in the uh, the Good Times Collective. If you have a song that you want us to put on the end of a, one of our podcast episodes, just send it to us and we'll just play it at the end so people can hear it. And maybe one of the four people you know listening will like what you do. <clears throat> that is a great idea. And if we could collaborate together to make the song, it would even be even better, you know what I mean? Like, me and Stris collaborated to make that opening intro song ridiculous as it is i still love it you know what i mean i i I love it because it's ridiculous i i also love it because just like this podcast and half of the shit we do it sounds awesome and it sounds like we're not sure what we're doing and we're just (laughs) doing it anyways because let's just put stuff in public and people can judge us or love us as they see fit yeah exactly all right man let's wrap this up gtblog.ca um fnet good times get in there Talk to us. All right. Be our friends. We'll see you guys in the interwebs. Yeah, well, actually, you're going to have to get a pass from me because I'm the king. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>